Hi, this is Saka Brahman from the Orthoclips podcast series, and today I'm with Dr. Hisham Abdel Fattah, Assistant Professor of Orthopedic Surgery at Temple University and the Division of Hand Surgery. And today we're going to talk about metacarpal shaft fractures, modern fixation techniques. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Great. So, um, what are the indications for fixation? These are very common injuries. I'm sure you don't operate on all of them. So when do you need to operate? Uh, yeah, they are pretty They are pretty common injuries. The indications for fixation for metacarpal shaft fractures in most practices, I would say, um, one, if they, you know, if it's a really big open injury. Um, uh, so that's, that's one indication. Another indication is um, a significant uh, angulation of the metacarpal shaft. So for the, you know, the index and long metacarpals, about anywhere between 15 to 20 degrees of angulation. Um, and for ring and small, more like, uh, you know, 30 to 40 degrees of angulation. Um, significant shortening of the metacarpal, so about five millimeters is about the extent of, of um, shortening that we, we generally like to accept. Um, the, um, the digit should not be malrotated, so if there's any malrotation of the digit and so the, the patient can't make a concentric fist uh, normally, then that, dis- that, uh, that messes with the patient's uh, hand function, and so that's an indication for uh, fixation of the metacarpal. Uh, and then any a, a significant extensor lag uh, also is an indication for uh, metacarpal shaft fracture fixation. If you cannot, um, or if you cannot uh, reduce these and hold these in a reduced uh, position with splinting or casting, um, and then also if there's multiple adjacent metacarpal fractures, uh, uh, generally an indication for surgery because uh, that tends to be a bit less stable. Okay, great. Um, so beyond the indications, what are the fixation options uh, if you're going to go to surgery? And then uh, what's some of the key data to support their use? Um, I know you've been using some uh, headless screw fixation also, um, but there's a lot of other uh, options I know. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it is surgeon preference. Um, there, m- many of these patterns can be fixed uh, in multiple different ways. Um, so uh, the fixation mes- methods generally, if you're going to operate on these, are you know traditionally pinning, whether it be intramedullary pinning, retrograde, or anagrade, uh, the so-called bouquet technique. Um, or if it's a really common and unstable injury and you want to do what we call parallel pinning or pinning to the, to, the, uh, to the adjacent metacarpal in order to maintain length of the metacarpal that is fractured. Um, then, uh, you know, for, for, for fractures that are, you know, long obliques or spiral type fractures, uh, uh, lag screw fixation, uh, plus or minus a plate, um, plate and screws um, are, are an obvious choice on the, dorsal, or the dorsal side of the metacarpal. And then more recently, in the, in the recent years, a uh, retrograde intermedullary uh, device, an intermedullary screw, screw um, that, uh, that I tend to use actually quite frequently uh, for, for metacarpal shaft fractures uh, is a nice way to, to, to fix them kind of minimally invasively and get patients back to uh, their, their activity relatively quickly. Okay. So um, with all those different options, um, can you give me a classic scenario uh, in which you would use each of these uh, common techniques? Understanding there's a lot of surgeon preference, and we'll get into what your preferences are uh, at the end, but you know, what are some 
classic indications for certain techniques that most surgeons are going to, you know, agree upon if you were to, to pick one? Yeah, so I think pinning the metacarpals is a kind of traditional technique and it works for the vast majority of fracture patterns and so if you know if it's a if it's a transverse an oblique or long oblique if it's somewhat comminuted or very comminuted oftentimes pinning a metacarpal uh, is effective whether it be a retrograde pin from the metacarpal head into the base uh, or a, a an grade pin from the base of the metacarpal uh, and, and into the metacarpal head um, you can also pin, like I mentioned before, to the adjacent metacarpal to maintain length um, and rotation of the metacarpal in severely comminuted injuries uh, where you don't want to open it up uh, and you don't think pinning it uh, intramedullary would be effective. Um, so pinning can work kind of all around. Um, the downside to pinning is oftentimes um, having to hold the patient in, in a splint and protect the pin for you know anywhere between four and six weeks, pin tract infections, and then a delay to start motion and therapy. Um, the uh, lag screw fixation um, is, is a good option for patients who have long spiral fractures with, with some out-rotation or an oblique with, with some shortening um, that we're concerned about that causes an extensor lag and so an open reduction from the dorsal side um, and putting two to three lag screws uh, is, a, is a really good technique. Um, it minimizes, uh, this is you know plus or minus a plate, a adding a plate if you feel like you have to add a fixation, uh, but lag screw, two to three lag screws oftentimes is enough um, depending on the fracture pattern and so you don't have to worry about uh, adhesion of the plate to the extensor tendon. Um, uh, but if you need to add a plate, you can. Plates are also really good for uh, more comminuted fractures that you can use as a bridge construct, uh, and um, and they've done quite well. And there are a lot of plates that are fairly low profile on the market now that aren't terribly bulky. Um, and then for the intramedullary screw fixation, uh, that's a retrograde screw fix fixation uh, technique that. Uh, I commonly perform for, you know, for certainly for transverse fractures in the, of the shaft. Um, for kind of short oblique fractures, it tends to work fine as long as you, your device isn't, uh, you know, providing a ton of compression uh, along that fracture to shorten it further. Um, and, uh, and this is a, a nice technique because it's fairly minimally invasive. It's a small incision at the metacarpal head. Uh, and I, I let patients move immediately and they, they tend to be able to get back to a their their activity relatively quick, quickly within a few weeks. You know, maybe before I get into your preferences, maybe I'll just ask, um, you know, a couple of scenarios and you can give me contraindications. So um, patient with um, highly comminuted um, fracture uh, extending, you know, way up, you know, into the neck. Um, what techniques are contraindicated? So let's say you got um, maybe two comminuted fractures even. So scenarios, highly comminuted fractures, uh, maybe, you know, fourth and fifth, extending up towards the neck. Um, what would you do and what kind of things do you think are contraindicated? So I think if it's a highly comminuted fracture, it's hard to maintain length with an intermedullary screw. Um, with the traditional headless comp uh, intramedullary screws. There are some newer devices out that don't provide a ton of compression, so you don't have to worry about shortening the fracture or, the, or being, uh, being able to maintain length. Um, but if it's super comminuted, I would avoid that technique probably. 
um, uh, and uh, I would prefer to uh, generally use a uh, plate and screw construct to bridge that that highly comminuted segment and provide uh, enough stability to get the patient back uh, to get the patient into therapy and moving relatively quickly. So maybe I'll give you a technique and you can tell me the contraindication. What about um, any cases or patients you think are contraindicated for plating? Um, you know, let's say you're a surgeon who's pretty comfortable plating, you like it, but like what's the patient that walks in that you pretty much going to steer away from that and do something else? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know of any of the fracture patterns that I just discussed are necessarily um, are, are, where, where plating is necessarily contraindicated. Um, you can plate anything from a simple fracture pattern to a, a highly comminuted fracture, um, and it generally provides a, a, a pretty stable construct for you to be able to get patients back to um, back to motion pretty quickly. So I don't think, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head that uh, I would. Maybe a mangled hand? I don't know. I mean, uh, something with poor soft in, tissue coverage? Certainly in, 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 a, in, in, a, in, in a scenario where there's significant soft tissue trauma and you don't have exposure over the, over the hardware, um, I'm sorry, you don't have coverage over the hardware, uh, you would want to not uh, have have metal exposed to the outside world, and so you would do the best you can to maintain uh, alignment in a, in another way, be it pins, probably most commonly in a in a bad trauma situation. Um, but in a you know in a cold trauma situation where you're not rushing the patient to the operating room to try to do, do something, um, most of the time plate and screw construct is a pretty good option. Okay, well. With everything we talked about, what is your surgical technique or device preferences today um, with everything at your disposal? Um, what's your go-to um, in, in, in most cases? So for metacarpal shaft fractures, I will admit that I tend to use the retrograde intramedullary screw technique quite a bit uh, if I can get away with it. So. Uh, you know, certainly any transverse fracture of the metacarpal, uh, that's, a, that's a, an easy indication for me to use that technique. Um, if there's, a, a, you know, it's a short oblique or a, or a uh, you know, even just a bit of comminution, I've used that pretty successfully just to use it as an intramedullary device to maintain um, uh, an adequate reduction while the, while the fracture heals. Uh, and still let them move pretty quickly. So you know, for those for those types of injuries, I I, I prefer that technique uh, if I can. Uh, even if I've had I've even had patients with you know uh, fractures that are two or three weeks out that I'll you know I'll make a small incision over the fracture site to breed the callus and reduce it, and then create a separate small incision over the metacarpal uh, head to to place the screw in. Um, so that's kind of my go-to if I can get away with it, uh, because I feel like when I put pins in. Certainly in my patient population, uh, where patients sometimes are a little less compliant or they kind of disappear for a while, I always worry about pin tract infections, I always worry about stiffness. And so if patients can get moving right away, that's my, that's my go-to. Um, if I can't get away with that, uh, I generally would put a plate and screw uh, or lag screws depending on the fracture pattern. Um, my, my, I, tend to, I tend to only resort to pinning now if I, if I feel like it's not a fracture that I can uh, put something more stable in, uh, put, put a more stable construct in so that I uh, can get patients moving pretty quickly. Okay, interesting. So definitely a preference towards uh, intramedullary screw uh, fixation when you can. 
definitely a um, uh, newer method. Well, I think that about wraps us uh, wraps it up for our time. Um, this podcast was on metacarpal shaft fractures, modern fixation techniques, and I was with uh, Dr. Hisham Abdel Fattah. And um, thank you, thank you for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to make my podcast debut here. Awesome. All right. Thanks.